you would, to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Back many, 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 many years ago, (laughs) I remember when I was a Boy Scout. How many of you were Boy Scouts? Just curious. Good, good, Benny. Okay. Uh, I remember when I was a Boy Scout, we were going to be going to, well, we lived down in Southern California, down in Lakewood, uh, down in uh, South L.A. County. And we were scheduled to go camping at a place called Firestone Boy Scout, Boy Scout Camp in Brea, California. And <clears throat> it was about 20 miles from where we lived to, to the camp. I, I know that because I Googled it, <laughs> not because I remembered. I, I remember going there. I just couldn't remember how far it was. But anyway... My brother at the time was a Boy Scout also. He was three years older than me, and he was working on his cycling merit badge. And one of the qualifications to get the cycling merit badge was you had to organize a, uh, a trip with multiple, multiple people, and, uh, and uh, it had to be certain miles and so on and so forth. So anyway, he got this bright idea uh, to organize a cycling trip for all the Boy Scouts that wanted to participate and drive uh, or ride our bikes from Lakewood to Brea. Now, those of you that are familiar with Southern California, I I would not recommend doing that today. But uh, he did, and there were about, I don't know, five or six of us that made the trip. Uh, I was... I, even though I was a Boy Scout, I was still the youngest of the, the, of the group to make the trip. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I was surprised that my mom and dad approved of it. But anyway, we made the trip. And believe it or not, we did it without cell phones or GPS. <clears throat> we, did, we did it the old-fashioned way. We did it with an archaic device called a map. <laughs> How many of you remember those things? <laughs> Uh, but uh, we so we made the trip with a map, and I remember um, uh, several of the of the of the guys in the in the troop thought we were crazy. Uh, you know that that's it's too far. You'll never make it, and blah 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 blah. So <clears throat> we had to. Or I say we. My brother had to because he was the organizer of it all. Had to build into it a safety net, so to speak, so that if we couldn't make it you know, somebody was available to pick us up and all that kind of kind of stuff and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but when we got there, the, the, the scouts that drove in the cars were jealous that we made it. They were, they were um, regretting the fact that they did not take the challenge themselves. So my, my point in telling this story is this. <clears throat> I only made the, I only 
was able to accomplish the, 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 the journey or the, the trip because I was with my brother. He organized it. He navigated. I mean, he, you know, he would tell us turn here and we turn there and we, you know, turn here and, you know, we, he he did it all. You know, he said, hey, it's time to stop and eat our lunches because you know we had our we had to pack our lunches. You know, remember brown bag lunches and you know this is a long time ago. <clears throat> and I remember, I, I don't remember how many times, but I do remember at least once him stopping in a payphone and calling. I, I'm assuming it was my dad. I, I honestly, it may have been my mom. I don't remember, but having to check in at certain places, you know, hey, okay, we made it this far, you, you know, and so on and so on. Anyway, <clears throat> but I've thought about this that trip many times through the years because it was, you know, for a little guy like me, it was it was quite an accomplishment. It was a difficult journey, but it was an accomplishment that meant a lot. And I was only able to do it because I was with my brother. In Matthew chapter 1, there is a single word, and when we read it, I'm going to overemphasize the word. And I think some of you may have been already guessing the word. But if you will apply this word to your life, I believe this, this one single word in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 can change your life. Matthew chapter 1, in verse 23. This is, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is Christ with us. Christ with us. And so often we read this passage and we, we read the Christmas story because it's familiar to us and we read through it so quickly we, we miss the importance of small words. And this morning I want to concentrate on this idea of Christ being with us. He's not just out there, he's with us. The title of my message this morning is The Present of His Presence. That's actually hard to say. <laughs> the Present of His Presence. I, I started to re anyway, but I, I, you know, it alliterated, so I left it alone. There is absolutely no question that the birth of Christ was anything short of a miraculous event. Absolutely miraculous. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin. There's no question that that is anything but miraculous. In Luke chapter 1, verses 27 to 31, it says, To a, to a virgin espoused 
to uh, a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, a, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came uh, in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast uh, in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou art conceived, <clears throat> that, excuse me, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 41. Or excuse me, verse 14. There's my dyslexia kicking in. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The, the name Emmanuel is the Greek spelling of the, of the name Emmanuel that we see in the New Testament with an E. It's the same, same name, just, just different spelling. But what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. God with us. The, the word with literally means together or to be in tandem with or, and I like this, I like this definition, as good as. So you have to remember, Jesus was 100% God, which meant he could not sin, but yet he was 100% man. A, a miraculous thing. So the fact that he was with us, he was in tandem, the human side of Jesus was, was as good as we are. But it was the God side of him that kept him from sinning. Let that kind of sink in. He, he came to be with us. The word us in, in, this, in this verse, in, in Matthew uh, chapter chapter one verse twenty three. The word us, and, and I and I don't want to get too technical here, but I think it's important to understand the impact of what God is trying to tell us in this verse. The word us is a, is in in the Greek language is called a genitive. Okay, we we don't have anything equivalent to it in English, uh, in English grammar, but it's called a genitive, and a genitive noun. <clears throat> marks a noun as a source or a possessor of something um, or, or refer to the kind of relationship that a noun has with another noun. So basically what, this is, what it's saying here is that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. It, is, it talks about relationship to be with us, not just among us, but with us. And this, this word with and the, the word us, when you put them together, you, it comes, it, you, can, you can kind of pull the, together the conclusion that, that part of the reason 
why Jesus came was to literally be in tandem with mankind. Jesus desires a relationship with us, with you, with me. That's why he, that's one of the reasons he came. We talked, we sang, we sang a song this morning, uh, <clears throat> Born to Die. Why did Jesus come? He came so that he could, he, he could live, he lived 33 and a half years or so years on earth, a sinless life, and he died a martyr for your sins and for my sin. He died to pay the price. Why? So that he could have a relationship with us. Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I believe is one of the greatest verses that describes Jesus' desire to have relationship with mankind. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me. What is the pre-qualifier here? If you have a, lay, if you have a, a burden on your heart, you have a trial that you're going through, something in your life that you need. To, God wants to be with you. He wants that relationship with you. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I know for a fact, well, I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure I would have never made it to the Firestone Boy Scout camp if I had not been with my brother. See, I wasn't among my brother. I was with him. And it was because of that I was able to make the journey. We were never meant to make the journey that we call life by ourselves. God's, God's design for mankind, it was never, his intention was never that we were to make that journey alone. It has always been God's intention that we make that journey with him. My first point this morning, and I think one of the most powerful aspects of the word with, is the fact that he understands me. He understands me. Now most of you have no clue, <laughs> but God knows me and he understands me. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, 
Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. That 100% man that he was, every temptation that you have been tempted with your entire life, he was tempted with. You say, but wait a minute, there was not the internet? There, you know, No, that, that, there is nothing new under the sun, people. That, and there's really only three types of temptation. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Jesus was tempted with all three of those multiple times. There's nothing, there's nothing that I face in my life that he did not face in his, yet without sin. There are times that we failed to see Jesus who he was. He was 100% God and 100% man. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from uh, Jordan and was led by the Spirit into, into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. John chapter 1 and verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus knows every trial that we face. He knows. He knows the pressures that we face. God with us. He knows every human emotion that you have because he gave it to you. Rejection? Was Jesus rejected? Loss? Did Jesus experience loss? Absolutely he did. Joy? Grief? Encouragement? Heartache? Victory? All of these emotions Jesus experienced at one time or another while he was on earth. He knows the emotions that we have because he gave them to us. And he experienced every single one of them. Jesus knew what it meant to cry. Actually, Jesus cried on multiple occasions. But in Luke chapter 19 and verse 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. 
What's the other famous verse? Yeah, most people, that's the first one they memorize. <laughs> Jesus wept. Why, why did Jesus wept, wept uh, cry in, in that passage? Because, because of people's unbelief. The emotion that Jesus felt, it caused him to cry. God with us. Jesus knows what it means to be tired. Again, multiple times in Scripture, we're told of Jesus uh, uh, being tired and going off into the to a quiet place to get alone, to get away from all of us humans. You know, he he understood what it means to be tired. In John chapter four and verses four through six, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now jo- Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary in his travel, in his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. He knows what it means when you're tired. You think that may be why he instituted the Sabbath? Now, we don't practice the Sabbath today, but the principle still remains. We need to rest. We need to rest. He also knew what it meant to have broken relationships. question have you ever had somebody that's really close to you say something that really really hurt we've all been there imagine being Jesus being 100% man and 100% God in Mark chapter 6 Verses 3 through 5. When he returned to his hometown, so to speak, this is the reception that he got. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, uh, uh, Joseph, and and Judah, and and, uh, Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Wow. The entire village, community, even his own house, turned their backs on him. He knows what broken relationships are like. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. 
It hurt him so bad. And the, 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 the lack of faith in that area restricted his ability to do the miraculous. Jesus knows what it's like to be hurt by someone else. Real people live real lives with hurt, pain, and brokenness. Let me, let me say that again because I want you to get this. Real people live lives full of hurt, pain, and brokenness. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, Jesus was a real person. And he lived a life And he experienced hurt, pain, and brokenness. Yet without sin. That is why we need to remember the the, the word Emmanuel. God with us. Because he chose... Jesus chose to leave heaven to come to this earth to take on <clears throat> this body to live the 33 plus years of his life knowing now now try and wrap your head around this he did all that knowing that all those things were going to happen to him but yet he did it anyway. He did it anyway. He died on a cross. We sang about it this morning, born to die. He died on a cross for you and for me. I love the rhetorical question in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. What shall we say then uh, to, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? No one can. G. Campbell Morgan said this, we, What we do in the crisis always depends on whether uh, we see the difficulties in the light of God or God in the shadows of the difficulties. It's a matter of perspective. God with us. I just thought of a verse. The 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with us. Because he's with us. Jesus did not come just so that Mary and Joseph and the shepherds could worship him in a manger. But he came to be with us. 
Psalm chapter 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Most of you know that I, I love I love history, but particularly World War II history. And it is said that King George IV was endeared to the country when he and his wife and Queen Elizabeth refused to leave London during the darkest days of World War II. Although the Germans were relentlessly bombing the city and there was uh, a, a legitimate fear for their lives, uh, of the lives of the royal family, the king and queen stayed with their countrymen. On at least one occasion, they narrowly escaped death when the German bomb exploded in the courtyard of Buckingham Palace. Nevertheless, they resolved to stay, even subjected themselves to the same provisions and rations as the rest of their country. One London newspaper reported on an an incident in which the king was inspecting a bombed-out section of the city shortly after an air raid. An elderly man recognized the king and picked his way through the rubble and the tangled debris and approached him. He says, you here. And as the man choked back his tears, he said this, he said, you in the midst of this, you're a good king. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is not just a good king. He is the king of kings. And he is here with us and desiring to have a relationship with us. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 16. And he hath on his vesture on, on his uh, thigh, uh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus is the King of Kings. King of England was a good king, but he would never be the King of Kings. And the King of Kings has, has come to this earth, and we are in the season of celebrating that birth to be with us. Number one, he understands me. Number two, he's changing me. The present of his presence. And as I thought about this, I <clears throat> I thought, you know, from the from the very moment that the angel Gabriel came to Mary and Joseph, were their lives ever the same? No. Jesus sent, excuse me, Jesus spent his entire ministry on earth, if you would, changing people's lives. That's what he did. He gave sight to the blind, he gave hearing to the deaf, he gave words to the mute. He gave strength to the lame. 
He gave healing to the lepers. He gave worth to the worthless. And he gave life to the dead. Every person, every life that Jesus touched was changed. John chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst ask of him. <clears throat> and he would have given thee living water. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Can you imagine never being thirsty again? Physically, that'd be awesome. But spiritually, we can experience that. Jesus fed the hungry. He comforted the hurting. He lived his life with grace and compassion. He rebuked the proud and he forgave the repentant. Every life that Jesus touched, he changed. He changed my life June of 1980. Long time ago. He changed my life because he touched me. That was the day that I was saved on board the USS Frank Cable, Charles in South Carolina. I've not been the same since. And I don't want to be the same. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen is, has become one of my another one of my favorite verses in, in in the in the Bible. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jesus came to save. There's no question about that. But he came to change. He can change fear into courage. He can change worry into trust. He can change pride into humility. He can change selfishness into love. Bitterness into forgiveness. And he can change despair into hope. These changes and the changes that took place in my life don't take place overnight. It's a process. But they do happen.
the first people invited into the presence of our Lord were changed. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 12, it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So the first people invited into the presence of the Lord after he was after he was born, were the shepherds abiding in the field that night. We all know the story. But a few verses down in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, it says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, uh, had, had heard and seen as it was told them. Their lives were changed. And when you are in the presence of Jesus, your life will be changed. Just as my, my big brother was with me on that journey, that, that adventure to the Firestone Boy Scout camp, left a huge impact in my life. Jesus wants to be with you today. He wants to have that relationship with you. That's one of the reasons he came. Emmanuel, God with us. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verses 2 and 3. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The greatest thing about Christmas are not presents, but His presence. Let's close by reading Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and we'll be done. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for your love and your, the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I am so thankful 
I'm grateful for the opportunity to have a relationship with you. Thank you for that. Truthfully, I I do not understand. I can honestly say I do not understand why a holy, loving, just God would want to have a relationship with me. But you do. And Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, as we bring our service to an end, I I ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would encourage us and that you would remind us through this season of, of Christmas holiday not to get caught up in the secular side of the holiday, but to never forget your desire to have a relationship with with us. With every head.